Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around, you're in the right place. All right, we got a great show for you today. We've got the EVP of corporate strategy at a company called Clear Capital. Keenan Chen is joining us and uh, we covered a ton of things. One of the most fascinating discussions I think we've ever had, unintentionally, more about culture than tech probably, uh, but a lot of lessons. And so let me just read you the description of what Clear Capital does as they describe it. We're pioneering the future of real estate valuation and analytics technology solutions. They work with a lot of lenders on lending products, AVMs, uh, equity solutions. And I love the attitude uh, of this company, you know, right on their LinkedIn page, wherever it leads, whatever it takes. And that's just a sample of some of the culture that we discuss. Now, we also get into what they're doing behind the scenes on tech. You know, uh, Keenan shared that they went through a lot of trouble building a machine learning team to gain an edge on others outside, you know, in the industry and better identifying uh, and measuring risk. And even after all that tech, they still apply the personal touch of reviewing equity solution products. So um, a lot of cool things in this show. I think you'll learn uh, quite a bit here. Uh, so kick back, enjoy. Well, hey, Keenan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. And I uh, appreciate your time. Now I can see you've got sunny blue skies behind you is what it looks like or in front of you. Is that the reflection from your office glass? I'm a little jealous. Uh, it is not sunny blue skies here in Chicago. Uh, but, uh, all good. I guess that's, uh, you're out in the Reno office, correct? I am. It's, it's, uh, it's nice and clear. It's cold. So it's, it's not showing you how cold it is outside. Uh, but it's, it's at least nice and clear. Well, it looks warm and beautiful from, from inside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey, let's, I want to start off the show, uh, proper here. Like we always do. Um, please go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, my name is Keenan Chen. I'm uh, executive vice president of corporate strategy here at Clear Capital, and uh, you know we, uh, as a company, we're a real estate, you know, fintech company, really focused on uh, you know solving problems with with understanding properties and making good decisions around around real estate. And uh, you know my my job is is really to ensure we're headed the right direction for what the market needs. Yep. Um, and that we're working, you know, across partnerships and, and alliances to uh, uh, to really to, to work together for the good of the whole industry. So um, it's it's a ton of fun. <laughs> Very cool. So, all right, I went to your LinkedIn page because, or well, I think I went to the company page and pulled this. Uh, one of the things I like to do is like I snoop around on all the company pages to find like really interesting one-liners and then have everyone uh, explain that one-liner. So I found this one, you know, we're pioneering the future of real estate valuation and analytics technology solutions. Whew. What does that mean? <laughs> Break that down for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think it's as simple as, as this. Um, we, we, we believe that we can build confidence in real estate decisions. And, and if, if we do that well, 
um, that that actually we end up improving you know people's lives um, because if you if you if you build confidence and, and enable really strong realistic decisions, um, you end up you know with a stronger set of 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 not only the economy as a whole but stronger uh, communities. Right. And, and, uh, and so whether someone's a homeowner, whether you're just living in a community as a, as a renter, um, you know, we, we really think that we're integral to enabling, uh, the, the type of place that we all want to live. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, whatever modern techniques we need to do to, um, uh, ensure that we get the most real time, complete picture of what's going on that enables those confident decisions. Yep. That's, that's what we're striving to do. Very cool. So, I mean, and, and I look at, you know, I went and through, looked through the site and all that and did my homework because uh, you guys have quite a few different products and solutions. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit here different uh, later on. But let's, let's break it down here. So you talked about it impacting, you know, where people live and, and what they can buy. But who is the actual customer of Clear Capital? Who do you sell to? Yeah, so we, I mean, we directly sell to our, our, our direct customers, our you know, mainly folks in the in the financial industry, but also in, in the prop tech world. But you know, we work with businesses, and um, you know, they can be lenders, um, investors, loan servicers. Yep. Um, we work pretty closely with you know with the GSEs, um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um, but we also work you know with uh, i buyers um, and with other uh, consumer facing you know prop tech companies um, as 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 well. So. We work through businesses, but you know we always keep our eye on who, who are who are our customers. Customer, right? How do we ensure that we're really helping them be successful? Well, because if you know the customer's customer, then you know what's being demanded from them, and so you you can you can kind of isolate pain points that you're able to solve. Now, I didn't intend on asking this one because I didn't I, I didn't see this turning into eye buyers, but I have to ask: Are you're not telling me that eye buyers aren't building their own AVMs? Are you? <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's a lot of different strategies, you know, out there um, that they have. But you know, we're we're fortunate to have the reputation that if 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 you need an accurate value, and whether it be an automated one, or you really need to accurately understand the the condition of the property to make a good decision there, whether it's I I you know I instant buying or or another approach that right. um, you know folks end up you know coming to us. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think there's a lot of different variations you know, to your question. Yeah. We're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine. So, I mean, obviously I know with some of the, uh, brokerage players announcing that they were going to eye buying, I kind of looked at it with a side eye. I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me <laughs> you guys have suddenly built what? Um, <laughs> Hey, I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I have been a few times. So, um, you know, you guys have been in this business since um, 2001, right? Yep. You've been working with real estate companies and, and lenders. Uh, I think I found on the site, you guys are with 47 of the top 50 lenders. Is that right? Yeah. yeah okay. So you're a pretty household name, but you're behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what, what are some of the reasons companies seek out to work with you? Because getting 47 out of the top 50 says uh, you're probably good on delivering what you say you do. <laughs> you know, like that, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty, uh, big bragging point. So what is it that people, when they call up clear capital and they're, and they're, or they're looking on the site or they talk to one of your sales or business development reps, you know, like ultimately what pushes them over and say, yeah, we want to work with you guys. 
Yeah, I, I mean, a, a lot of our, our of our growth that we've been, you know, fortunate to have has been through word of mouth, you know, and has been, you know, we use the phrase proof in the pudding a lot, you know, mm-hmm. um, folks that actually have experience working with us. Um, it's a small, you know, industry in terms of number of players. And, and I yeah. think that, um, you know, that as folks kind of communicate the experience they've had, that certainly helps, um, you know, it's so much about who we are, not just what we do. Um, you know, the reason why we started in Lake Tahoe uh, is because, you know, we we found that we, there was a bunch of, you know, radical snowboarding, rock climbing, you know, people that were, <laughs> that were you know, willing to, to jump off a cliff, um, you know, uh, for fun. Um, but then at the same time, being in a small community, you also have to be a great neighbor. And you have to be willing to pull pull people out of a snowdrift, and and you're not afraid, you know, so to to do it, um, which which means that when you when you apply that to customer service, that means that I'm not afraid to solve your problem. I'm going to go after it, but I I want to help you because I know the value of helping other people, and that 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 DNA, that initial culture and DNA, I think is yeah. what has led to you know building these really great relationships with with some of the largest. Uh, lenders and investors. I would have never thought that like maybe, maybe companies should be looking for the communities of people who have the most extreme, uh, uh, hobbies. Like <laughs> I, I ride BMX, you know, so, and I don't ride nearly as much as I used to. Uh, but I still get out there and pedal around and jump curbs and do all the things that I was, when I was like, when I was 15, I never would have thought, you know, Hey, maybe those people would be the best. Cause if they're willing to put themselves at risk for doing that for free, what would they do? You know, if it was part of their job or career. So that's kind of an interesting perspective to take. <laughs> well, yeah. well I, I can't wait to hear that more people are putting that on their, uh, their resume is that front line willing to jump off a cliff for fun. Yeah. What will I do for you? <laughs> That's uh, there's the new career advice for everyone listening. Um, so, okay. So I, you know, I, I want to talk about some of the products um, and, re- and really the different level. Cause you, well, first off you guys break it down between products and solutions. Like you have it as like two different categories on the site. Well, can you break sure. it down why you have it in those two different categories and what's the, the main difference there? Yeah. I mean, you know, products are the, the building blocks, you know, is the way I think of it. Um, you know, we, we, we've ensured that we have the full suite of valuation products from, from automated valuation models, um, all the way to, you know, full blown, um, uh, uh, appraisals, you know, with a, you know, an interior view of the property. Um, and then, and then everything in, in between. And then we also offer, of course, you know, software solutions as, as well uh, to help folks manage the, the, um, the, the due diligence process and ordering valuations and, and review. Um, so, so, but those are building blocks, right? I mean, and, right. and ultimately, though, we're, we're trying to solve people's problems and, and we're trying to help, you know, reduce friction for our customers, remove steps, you know. So, so you know, we, we combine our products in different ways based on the need to really address specific um, industry needs like home equity, right? For yeah. home equity lending, you know, how do we, how do we help them? It's not just going to be one product. It's going to be the right product at the right time, the right situation. Yeah. I mean, well, right, right now is a great time. Well, if all things, you know, for a lot of people, uh, 
getting a HELOC or, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense because as far as I understand, and, and you would know more about the lending industry than I would, uh, but there's a lot of equity right now tied up in per- people's personal homes from the last few years at buying and then the rapid market appreciation we've been seeing uh, largely is, you know, due to the market catch- trying to catch back up to previous valuations, essentially, it's, you know, the, the recovery effort, if you will. Um, and so I, I'm actually curious in talking more about that. So, so this would, to me on the surface, it would seem like this is probably something that people are looking to you and leaning on you more in recent, you know, the last year or two than, than previously. What are some of the, like the real tangible ways that you come in and partner with someone that on the home equity lending side? Yeah. Um, I think I just saw, I think it was the, the December you know, housing finance report from, from Urban Institute. I mean, it's, it's up to something like $19 trillion of, of equity um, in, in the US, U.S. housing market, right? So, you know, I think it was, you know, maybe 14 and a half, you know, a year, or year prior. So, so, yeah, enormous growth in that, that people are, are still not quite tapping into, right? We haven't really seen, yeah. uh, you know, second liens, you know, coming back quite yet. But, um, but we know it's coming at some point. You know, we, we see um, that there's, um, you know, homes, that the home inventory is aging, right? A lot of folks that are buying their first home are buying an older home. Yep. And, and yet because the, you know, home prices are still continuing to appreciate, it's hard to, to sell, sell that older home and just bounce up to the next tier, right, of a uh, property. So, so what does that mean? If you're, if you're there still in a, in an older home, your next move is perhaps to, to remodel, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, and so at some point, we think there will be this demand for for equity products. Um, you know how we help with that is, um, you know, we want to help um, help lenders, you know, offer a, a a really a really, I guess, viable alternative to an unsecured loan, right? So. For an unsecured loan, you can get those very quickly. You can get twenty thousand, you know, fifty thousand dollars deposited pretty quickly into your account. Yep. Um, and whereas home equity line of credits, you know, are still taking longer than thirty days. Um, so, oh, so mine we, took almost sixty. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, it took uh, it took um, what was it like three? I was so irritated because uh, I was tweeting at my friends at Notarize. I was like, can you please work with this bank? This is just, I don't want to meet another mobile notary who's going to jack up all the paperwork and have to meet me them, meet another one at the coffee shop down the street. And, you know, I mean, like it was just horrendous. It was a terrible experience. Yeah. It, and, and often, unfortunately, it's still the appraisal that's one of the longest polls in the, in the tent, you know? So we, yeah. we want to um, really enable, enable, um, uh, lenders to offer you know faster solutions by removing at least our piece of the puzzle, right? Reducing friction for the appraisal itself. So that means you know first of all we have to have a really solid ABM, a yep. lending grade ABM that um, with context, so uh, so that our customers know when to trust it. You know when when we feel highly confident, and then and then we need to to also take a look at that property and say is it really suitable for an automated valuation or because this is maybe something atypical. This is, this is a little more of a complex situation. There's not as much data to support it. Hey, now's the time to go to more of a desktop, you know, solution or hybrid solution, or, or maybe, yeah, let's go with a full, 
drive-by appraisal, you know. Um, so, so we want to provide that the recommendation right up front, so yeah. that they can offer the best option um, to their to their customer. So, okay, so I'll take my HELOC for instance. It's on an investment property back in Washington. Uh, closed on it like three or four months ago. You know, I'm planning on I'm, I'm looking for a needle on a haystack. I'm looking for that commercial buyer or seller who wants to do seller financing, and I'm going to use a HELOC, and then you know, I can, then I can write the blog post how I bought a commercial property, zero cash out of pocket. Um, <laughs> you know, cause that's the popular thing. Um, okay. But I want to get too distracted. So, so the appraisal, I was getting concerned. I was like, gosh, shoot, here I am in Chicago. I got work. I got to do that thing. I want to get it to appraise. I called up my handyman. I was like, Hey Brady, I got some work for you, man. Like, here's some things I need you to do. And I was really trying to like button up the edges, right? Mm-hmm. Things around. Cause I know that having worked as a real estate agent, first impressions just make a big difference on how you judge some. So I was like, the appraisal is going to come out and they're going to look at stuff. And then I got the appraisal copy, like I had it back in the mail and it was literally photos of like a drive-by, like full on, never got out of the car and parked drive-by. Is that because, so leading up to the question here, is that because they're working with a, a smart tool like you guys that's referencing, you know, like hundreds or thousands of other properties with similar profiles to, to really put the picture together and tying it back to my financial info. Is that what's happening that enables that appraiser to, to make that easy? Because that was actually the easiest part of the whole process. Yeah, it's all about data, right? Um, you know, uh, some, some processes are more sophisticated than, than others. I think there's a number of home equity lenders that are just still doing a traditional appraisal. It's a drive-by appraisal, but, but, right. you know, using kind of traditional methods, um, you know, we have access to, to, you know, a pretty, pretty robust set of data, understanding what's in the market around that property, its history, um, yeah. and, and then other analytics models that, uh, we can put in front of someone, you know, from their, at their desk, but someone has local market expertise yep. to, to, yeah, to, I think, you know, conclude a value that's really within the tolerance that, that the lenders, you know, feels comfortable with. Um, but it, it's still taking a while for folks to, I think, to get comfortable again, right. With, with automated valuations, um, since the market crash, you know, it's, it's a slow, a slow, um, move towards. Well, we um, have better data now. We have yeah. better ways of, you know, I mean, and I'm assuming you, I don't want to talk for you guys, but you, like you have more exhaustive, you have better ways of looking at it. Is there anything that you're doing that, you know, cause I see, you know, everyone's doing machine learning, everyone's doing uh, artificial intelligence. I don't see you guys championing that as your marketing front, but just by chance is like, is there any of that happening on the back end that's enabling you guys to have that leg up on others? Yeah, I, absolutely. We, um, in fact, we've, we've needed to spend and have spent a ton of time investing in a top notch data science team. First of all, a top notch machine learning team, mm. you know, and we're, we're fortunate to be near Silicon Valley, to be near the Bay area and, and to be able to pull from, you know, from, from companies like you know Facebook and others that, that have, have really led the way on this. And, and we have brought a lot of those, uh, machine learning engineers into our organization um, because yeah, that's a big part of what we do. It's, it's certainly behind our AVM. It's behind our ability to understand comparable properties around, you know, around the subject. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's, I don't think you can really be, you know, a, a modern player, you know, in this space if you're not embracing those types of techniques. Got it. And, you know, obviously, you know, this is a show about tech and tech and real estate, but there was something that stood out to me though, and you kind of alluded to it, but I want to like really make sure we address it. Um, there was something that stood out to me on your website because you guys talk about how you still have uh, human reviews of some of your equity, uh, your home equity lending solutions. Like even though you've got the AVMs and you've got the data, you have this machine learning team, there are moments when you bring in someone and say, hey, you need to manually review this. Why not just let the AVM and, and the software do the work? Why bring someone in on this? There's power to a human being in the loop at the right time. Um, you know, that we've made a lot of advances recently around computer vision, the ability to understand what's happening in photos, but it's not really there yet. Anyone that tells you that it's, it's there and you can just walk away and let, you know, uh, let it run by itself. You just said it and forget it, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a marketing play, right? Because, because really it's not, it's, it's not there, you know, um, at the point. So, so it's really then about how do we identify risk? Um, mm. And, and then based on the risk that we see running our automated tools, then take the right action to put it in front of a human um, with the right training, the right skill set to, um, to, to do quality assurance on the, uh, on the product. So it's, it's man and machine working together. Um, and then taking that feedback, um, the, this is the human in the loop part, taking, you know, the, the decision that the human made and then putting that back into our data so we can learn from it and uh, continue to improve. I mean, that makes sense to me. And honestly, it makes sense that, you know, if it came up in a sales situation where someone was like, well, I don't want your machines to like to totally jack up our whole loan process. Right. I mean, that's where you could say, look, we have stop gaps. We have, we have people so that, you know, nothing's just kind of operating. Like kind of, like I said, said it and forget it. Like nothing works just like that. There's really, you know, you guys are putting the care and attention into each deal. So yep. Very cool. And yeah, I think that I, I think that's good. And I think that um, I mean, end consumers probably aren't experiencing or seeing that touch, but the you know it's appreciated. Um, I am curious though. Are you um, you guys get the, a little bit of a, a head advance, like a, a better pulse? I think on where the market is shifting, like where sales trends and finance trends, because people are inquiring about them before they close the deals. Which means, like you could, you guys could be like thirty days, sixty days ahead of where everyone else is, or like where the market's heading. Are you seeing any particular trends of like some markets uh, are are hotter than others right now when it comes to the the equity solution? Because you know, I, I'm just fascinated by how much value right now is tied up, and I think that it'd be interesting to hear which markets are taking advantage of that more than others. We're not seeing, well, so, so we do have a market forecast tool and the ability to look, you know, what's happening from a home price standpoint. Um, you know, the, the home equity piece, you know, I personally don't have as much clarity on that. Okay. Um, you know, what I can say is that, um, uh, you know, that, that there's, there's a lot of movement, of course, around cash out refis versus home equity products, mm. you know, especially over the past year. Mm. And, and I, I think we're all, you know, watching to see, well, how are things going to, to shape up in, in 2020? 
Um, yeah. You know, when do the refis really die down based on, you know, um, rates um, you know, staying steady or maybe just inching up a bit so that people are looking at other types of loan products? Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, from our standpoint, we're getting ready for it. We're ensuring that we've got, um, I think, you know, an, an answer to, um, to, you know, both automated solutions and then again, helping recommend um, uh, when not to use an automated solution. Cause that's almost mm. as, as important, right. Um, as like, okay, now's not the time, you know, here's the approach to take. Um, yeah. So that's been a lot of our focus um, from our machine learning teams too. Oh, interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought uh, that would be part of the recommendation of like when not to use automated, but I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, I want to keep going here. So, you know, we kind of talked about this before we jumped on the phone a little bit about, and, and, and you talked here earlier talking about like some of the culture that's been key to growth. You guys have been in business since 01, you know, almost 20 years now. What's, what's something that's really been significant in helping Clear Capital over the years continue growth and prosper? Because uh, you guys have a few hundred employees now um, and... I mean, that's not small. These are not small potatoes we're talking about. So like, what's, what's some of the keys that you've seen that has helped you guys grow over time? Yeah, some of the longevity has been, has been around, you know, I think a willingness to, um, to take care of our customers, um, mm-hmm. you know, where they're going, you know, to, to basically move to, to, to what their needs are um, and, and stay nimble, right? So that we can, you know, quickly respond to not only market need, but also to individual customers. And, and that's, that's earned us the right to innovate. So, um, you know, so by, um, by, by putting our customers first, um, you know, five, 10 years later, you know, we have, you know, additional opportunities uh, to help them move forward um, uh, because of that, that track record. So, I mean, our, our customer ID number one in our database is still a customer today. Um, so, so that, you know, that length of time of working with someone and then knowing who you are and seeing how we respond in different market conditions, um, seeing how we, you know, address, you know, challenges, you know, even if we, you know, if we, if we drop the ball, we're, we're able to, to, to pick it back up and improve and make sure that doesn't happen again. So the, you know, I think that's more than anything, that's what creates the, the resilience. Um, and, and then just hiring the right people. Um, you know, I know we're, we're a tech company and, and we talk a lot about, you know, the, the data, the analytics and, and technology, yeah. but you know, it's, it's still all being created by people for people. And, um, and so we, um, you know, we have one of our core values. I'm actually sitting in my conference room right now. I can see one of our core values on the, on the wall here, but it's, it's hire nice people. Um, yeah. our first, uh, our first ad in the paper, <laughs> um, in 2001 said looking for nice people. And it sounds kind of silly or kind of cheesy or whatever, but, but I it's think like that says a lot about you guys that you've been around long enough to have had run ads in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, I know you're not still running ads in the newspaper, but, no. uh, you know, the fact that you guys even had to do that to find new employees is incredible. Absolutely. I, you know, but you can't teach nice, right? You can, yeah. you can, um, there's a lot of skill sets you can, you know, teach and train, but, um, but yeah, but just treating people right. That's, that's, 
either you're raised that way or not, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you're totally right. I mean, it, it's not yeah. always there. And, you know, there's one thing I, I found that I thought spe- said a lot. And what's, you know, what's fascinating to me is I never plan, like, I plan the direction of the, these interviews, but I don't always like dictate exactly where they're going. And I had no idea how far into culture we would go here. And, I, and I'm, I'm greatly uh, enjoying this here. Uh, I, I love the banner on your LinkedIn page, wherever it leads, whatever it takes. It's got the little registered uh, mark to it. You guys registered that. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's like kind of like a driving force for you guys, wherever the market goes and do whatever it takes. Am I picking that up correctly? Yeah, it, it, it's a philosophy. It's um, you know another one of our our core values. Um, you know, early on as we got into, especially into the the um, the, the BPO industry, broker price opinions for both you know capital markets and servicing, and um, you know the 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 status quo of the day was that you know a company would get an order of you know say a thousand BPOs or whatever. And there were a thousand properties that they, they needed to do BPOs on. And, and they're like, okay, great. We, uh, we got these, you know, 900 done, but the other hundred are kind of too hard. So, uh, good luck with that. And, and, and our approach was no, like, like if you ask us to do a thousand, we're going to do a thousand. We're going to do a hundred percent of these, no matter what it takes. Mm. And it, it led to stories like, um, you know, properties up in Alaska and, you know, helping, uh, helping one of our, um, broker partners hire a dog sled to be able to get out to a remote, you know, property or, or, or a plane to go land on an Island, like that type of crazy stuff. And, uh, and we, we love it. So that's where that kind of statement came from. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm adding that to my chat cause I'm hiring right now. So I'm out, I'm now looking for nice people, <laughs> cliff divers, <laughs> <laughs> just add that to the list. <laughs> you know, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's obviously it, you know, and then, you know, probably part of that is, um, you know, it's very clear that you guys have a very distinct culture. Uh, we talk about fundraising on the show pretty frequently um, because, you know, in prop tech right now, it's, it's a big topic, you know, and it's also, you know, it's one of the things that's just shortening the time it takes to build big businesses and there's so much opportunity around real estate and in the intersection of real estate and, and technology and really changing this industry. Uh, but you guys haven't raised money. You, had, you didn't take venture capital to get up and off the ground and to build to the, the point you're at. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I've only got the revenue numbers from Crunchbase, have no idea how close or far off they are, but it doesn't really matter. At several hundred employees, I can make some guesses to where you guys are at. You know, how do you think not raising money has affected the business and the trajectory and longevity of it? It's it, it's been our our view. Um, you know, one is that we you know we're in this to af- uh, affect an industry um, and to make a lasting impact. You know, we we want to be a company where. You know, you can look back, you know, 20 years from now and say, you know, remember when it used to be done this way? And then this, these crazy clear capital folks came along and, and changed the way things are done. I mean, we, we just, we take the long view and, and, um, and so, so because of that, you know, we, we, uh, we, we've been fortunate, number one, early on to be, 
you know, profitable, right? So right away, we were profitable and we were able to uh, take the approach of reinvesting, you know, back to the company and, and growing in a healthy way. Yep. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we, uh, we've been very fortunate to, to, to be successful with that approach, but also to, um, to take, take the long view, realizing that if we're going to change the industry, we need to be willing to, to, to be in it through, through cycles. I mean, you gotta um, be here. You gotta be here. <laughs> and then number two, you have to be the best. Yeah. You know, it, it's really hard to change something if no one wants to follow you. So, um, so that, that's been more of our mindset. Yeah. No, that's very cool. Um, and I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously though, uh, I, I'm curious, so your, your take on it. So, uh, you know, and I, I don't follow to a T the lending industry and even the tech behind the lending industry all that much, but you have a lot of new, I guess, new style lenders, really the age of the broker has come upon us, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, you know, like I said, I don't follow it all that closely, but what are your thoughts on some of the disruption that's happening in the lending industry and, you know, overall landscape, you know, is that going to change? Um, are consumers really still going to go into a bank to apply for mortgages or is it really all going to happen, you know, at our fingertips? Cause I don't even envision people going to their laptop or desktop computer until the contract comes in. And even then as an agent, you know, when I worked as a real estate agent, like we were signing contracts and editing them on our phones you know, so like, you know, cause it's all digital signature anymore. So I'm just curious, like, what do you foresee as some of the changes coming to the overall lending industry and even down to the consumer? Yeah, I, I saw a really great survey actually that, uh, that Fannie Mae did on, uh, lender sentiment. And, um, and one of the things that came out of that was, was a, a belief by lenders that, um, that improving the front end experience, the consumer experience was actually more important than even the back end operational, you know, efficiency. Mm. And, and, and then at the same time you have, you know, this understanding now that, you know, um, uh, home purchases starts on with an online search, typically one of the big, yep. you know, online portals. Right. And, yep. and so there's a, there's a realization from the front that, Hey, we want to keep, folks in our um, ecosystem longer because we believe we can deliver a better experience. Yep. And then you have folks on the back end knowing that they need to move, you know, forward towards the consumer. Um, and that if they do so, they actually have better returns on the back end than if they just fix the, the pipes behind the scenes. So all mm-hmm. of this is creating this momentum, I think, you know, towards, um, you know, towards a better consumer experience. Um, and, uh, which is great really, because I think, you know, I think we all win, right. When you remove that friction from the most stressful, you know, transaction of most people's lives. And it Uh, is stressful. (laughs) I mean, even just, you know what, there's just so many things that can go wrong. There's so many worries. And I think even now a lot of it, um, like it's heightened. I think the stress has heightened because the time to get a deal under contract is shortened. Like days on market is shorter. Competitiveness in a lot of markets is higher. So then you're seeing, you know, and I, I explained this to my wife. We, we had some friends that were shopping for properties and they shared their, their budget and I gave them some pro tips on what they could do and how they could work it. And I knew right away, I was like, they're going to miss out on the first two homes 
at their price point because they got overbid and then they're going to up their budget and they're going to get overbid and then they're going to up their budget and buy something that's overvalued or overpriced. And it's exactly what they did, you know, because of all those pressures and stresses. And so I, you know, I don't know the right solution, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. I see a lot on the front end, um, like trying to get more people into the funnel as in like, you're going to lose them. But I think one evidence of what you're talking about, like, um, I don't know anything about Chase Mortgage's actual product, but they were doing something like that was like a guarantee they'll close within 28 days, you know, or like a few thousand bucks. And I thought it was interesting. I was like, well, I mean, by standard, we write all contracts at 30 days. So I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like, it was basically saying we will hit the standard normal. Guarantee. (laughs) Like I want to see a 15 day. That's what I'd be be excited about. But uh, maybe that's asking too much. Um, Well, I'm excited. I think, I think more, more, more banks need to be working with you guys. Everybody's got to be working with you guys. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, um, it's, you know, it's almost more, I mean, what I get from that is that it's more important to provide certainty as what's going to happen. Yes. Than to just be faster. Yes. Yeah. I mean that feedback loop, people want to know, Hey, what are you promising? And are you going to do it? Yes. Yeah. And and the earlier you can communicate with certainty, here's the path we're going down. Yep. It's going to be all right. You know, um, you know, we, the, the property is a big part of that. You know, how long is it going to take to value it? Is it going to come in at value? Um, you know, and, and is it what, um, investor programs, you know, is it eligible for based on what's going on at the property? You know, is it, does it meet, you know, uh, Fannie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's requirements. Um, you know, so, so that's where we see, you know, some of the biggest, um, impact that we can have early on in the process, you know, right at point of sale. Um, Hey, here's what we see. Here's what's going on. Um, here's the advice you can start giving to all of the parties involved there so that stress is removed and there aren't, you know, downstream things that just blow the deal up. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, let's, uh, I want to keep moving here. And, uh, this is probably my favorite part of the show, uh, because we get to get you to make some predictions. Uh, so <laughs> we call this for the future. Uh, for the future is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Keenan, are you ready to play? I am ready. All right, let's do this. Question number one, what does Clear Capital look like one year from now? We look like uh, a company that's starting to bridge the gap between prop tech and fintech. And uh, you know what I mean by that is um, bringing the certainty of what an investor wants with uh, uh, closer to uh, the experience that a consumer is going to have. So knowing, knowing with certainty what, what options they're going to have earlier on in the process. So a company that's, that's really enabling that um, even more so than before. Got it. Question number two, what will prop tech as an industry look like one year from now? Hmm. 
Well, I, I, I have been seeing statements like, you know, even 2020 is the year that the one click home purchase is possible. Um, there's a few companies saying that. Yeah. Um, uh, I will predict that that will be possible a year from now, but not necessarily done a lot. Yeah. (laughs) There's no way in the world I'm waiving my inspection contingency. Uh No way. And it's got to be such a killer deal. And even then, I don't know. One click is like terrifying to think of. <laughs> it, it, it is, but I think if I think folks just want to prove out that it could happen, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, that's good. all right, cool. Let's back down from there. Yeah, very cool. Question number three: What's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Protectionism for the sake of protectionism, Ooh. meaning. Um, you know, the, the trend of, um, you know, uh, yeah, you know, fighting to protect, um, something for, for, for your own sake, as opposed to striving, you know, to, uh, to serve the, the, the consumer or the end, you know, the customer of our customer. Right. I think, um, you know, I, I, I see companies and 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 certain you know groups of folks just you know fighting to protect rather than fighting to improve and innovate. And uh, um, yeah, I'd love to see less of that. All right. Question number four: the final or for the future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Well, certainly, uh, <clears throat> you said it, the 60 day, you know, <laughs> home equity, <laughs> line, line of credit decision. Um, you know, there's, there's a number of startups able to do a five day, right. You know, um, close. So I, I think, you know, the, the days that that's acceptable, you know, is are, are, are going away. There's, I think the standard's been set now, um, Mm. Uh, that it's more about this, you know, it's more about the speed that a, uh, a homeowner or, 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 uh, or borrower is able to move rather than the speed that a, a lending institution is able to move. Right. Um, you know, I think it, again, it's about it being more consumer focused. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a great book called uh, Friction by an author of the name Roger Dooley. And um, interestingly enough, uh, there are times where it makes sense to introduce friction that uh, cause consumers to take more trust in the process. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I took away a lesson uh, he cited about next door, uh, actually. Um, in that book. Um, but there's actually a whole suite of internet plugins and tools that simulate friction. And a lot of people don't realize this. There's a lot of websites that simulate like loading time. It's not loading or calculating. It got done doing that minutes ago. You know, it's just telling you that. So you think that there's brains behind or working behind, you know, going on. But I think that's, that's interesting to think about here. 
Um, okay. Well, last ones. Uh, these are the last three. Keenan, these are questions more about you. So our listeners get to know you better. Uh, first one is, what are you reading? Oh, that's... Uh, the, the, actually, the last book that I just read was The uh, Five Temptations of a CEO. Five and, Temptations uh, of a CEO. Yeah. Um, you know, really looking um, at uh, how, as you know, as leaders, you can ensure that we're, you know, we're not looking out for our, our own ambitions and careers, but that we're, you know, looking at how to make others successful and, and get results mm. um, for our customers. And, um, you know, just not, not falling into those, those traps of, of uh, uh, things like, you know, just becoming popular, you know, <laughs> as opposed to actually. I want to be an influencer too, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we believe, we believe if you do the right thing and you add value, you know, yeah. And the, the totally. successful yeah. I agree. Very cool. I'm adding that one to my, uh, my Amazon wish list. Nice. Uh, question number two, who are you learning from? Oh, uh, everyone. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I learn every day from my, you know, from, from my team, from my, my, my peers, um, uh, from my, actually, I probably learned the most from my, my two and a half year old daughter, mm. <laughs> um, just seeing, you know, how she sees the world and, um, and, and, uh, what, you know, what questions she has, and what makes sense to her. Um, I, I learned a lot from that because just trying to figure out how do I, you know, how do I explain things in a way that, um, yeah, that breaking things down to their essence, I guess, you know, and, and that, that actually it does end up translating back into business, right? Like not being overcomplicated and, yeah. just, you know, shiny object, but like, what's the essence of this thing and, and, uh, mm. and what's really important. Um, so, so yeah, I, 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 I do as much as I can to be open to, you know, to learning, um, from unlikely sources. That's very cool. I can appreciate that approach. Um, and I think we've had quite a few other people on the show who have mentioned uh, their kids teaching them the most. Um, <laughs> it's not inspired me to go that route yet. I'll tell you, I'm happy with a dog, but uh, I do appreciate everyone sharing that advice. <laughs> All right, last one here. Speaking of inspiration, what inspires you? I'm inspired by... by uh, you know, by, by music, you know, creativity. I'm a, I'm a musician as well. So I get a lot of inspiration. Oh, very cool. Um, you know, being creative there. I'm, you know, I'm looking out right now at the mountains here around Reno, um, mm. you know, Sierra Nevadas and I get inspired a lot by nature, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, it's just hard, hard not to, um, yeah. uh, yeah, but you know, that's, that's, I get real refueled by things I think outside of, of what I do job wise, but then it, it, it brings it right back in and lets you be creative here too. I love that. Yeah. I, I'm a, I like to go hiking, especially when I'm back in the Northwest. So, um, the, the related, I would totally relate to being out in the mountains and, and, uh, being inspired by that. Um, Keenan, it's been awesome. I, I really appreciate your time. Like, uh, 
you know, uh, I think obviously you guys are a little bit like working behind the scenes, and but there's so much to gain from that. And I hope everyone, you know, who's listening, like takes away some of the lessons that clearly you guys have built something that's got significant longevity. You're on the cutting edge. You're dominating your space. Uh, no way around it. Uh, so I, I think that's that's great. And kudos to you guys for rocking and rolling. Um, before we close out the show, though, uh, for those who want to either get connected with you or learn more about Clear Capital, where do they go? How do they do that? Uh, well, certainly LinkedIn. They can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I think I'm the only Keenan Chen uh, out there. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm pretty easy to find. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah, of, uh, of course. And yeah, thanks so much for, for having me on and um, really appreciate it. Yeah, totally. It was my pleasure. I, I have a great time with this. So, um, you know, very good. And, you know, uh, of course, let's feel free to keep in touch. And uh, but until next time, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Cool. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list so you never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.